Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this week's episode, the doctor talks about the Versace Fashion Show, Prince's honorary doctorate at the University of Minnesota, the BET Awards tribute to Prince, and other tributes. And now, he's rock hard in a funky place, Dr. Funkenberry. Peace to Yuda. Peace to Julia. Peace to Karen. Peace to Judith. Versace, let's kick that mix. Welcome to the dawn. You have just accessed the Versace experience. Do your hands up. Do your hands up. Do your hands up. 
housewives. Versace's parade. What's going, y'all? <laughs> what is going on, y'all? We're gonna get funky up in here. So, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Like us. Leave a review. If you're not into iTunes, get with Stitcher. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe though to iTunes if you can. Ooh, man, we got a lot to cover this week, especially with the. The BET Awards on Sunday, producer Chris. Yeah, what's up, Doc? What's going on? Found out a few things about that, but we're going to keep it hidden. Some of the ideas that we uh, discussed before are going to take place, which is cool. I haven't decided if I'm going to be there yet. Maybe you guys can help me out with that because um, usually when it comes to award shows anyway, even when Prince was on the BET Awards in 2006... when I can see award shows at home, there isn't really much difference of it really being live. And I did go to the NAACP Image Awards. We did a 13-minute thing because uh, rehearsals for that were going about 30 minutes, and there was a chance that the entire uh, thing wasn't going to end up on the TV broadcast. So even when he was here, I really didn't do TV uh, performances, unless it was Leno or Lopez or Arsenio, because there was extra stuff that I knew was going to happen that would not air. Um, I'm really conflicted because of how poor the Madonna one was. And then, uh, we kind of went to a few tributes here in LA and they were, uh, kind of poor as well. And that's being very kind to be honest. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. So I think maybe I rather watch it at home and then if everything goes well, go to the after party stuff like that just because it's just I don't know I don't know how it's going to be I've heard um how it's going to be and who's going to be involved but you want to make sure that everyone has their best performance and they don't make it about them and that's sometimes hard when sometimes people are trying to make a moment how do you feel about that man like I just I just if you were if you were offered to be there would you go or would you rather just watch it on TV just so you can be private in your emotions? Yeah, it's a tough one, man. Um, you know, being there is nice because you get to talk to the different people involved and I don't know, maybe that's tough. You know, I guess it all depends. I'm talking with people involved now, so I don't think that changes anything. I just, I'd rather be there afterwards, I guess, if it's good. I'd rather just not be there when it happens. I don't know. We'll see about that in the next couple of days. That's something I have to think about. Oh. I guess we'll find out next week what happens. Right. Stay tuned. And we'll figure out what we're going to do with that. We might have some surprise guests on. As much as I would like to have it right after the show, maybe it just might be best for us to get that ultra exclusive, having some people that were involved in the tribute on. Um <clears throat> 
we'll also talk we'll talk later i know we didn't bring it up in the show's description just because there's too many ways to take print interviews nowadays i know uh judith hill did a print interview today with the new york times it's getting a lot of uh controversy to say the least um and i just i know from experience in the past couple of months how things that you want to be said aren't exactly picked up by the press and then things that you knew were said but don't exactly want picked up and out of context are picked up um so i'd rather just not just we'll discuss that later if we have time if not we'll we'll save it um Prince also got an honorary uh, honorary doctorate last week, didn't he? Yeah, that was pretty cool and kind of unexpected. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Did you hear like the story that the guy was trying to give him a doctorate years ago? No, I didn't know any of the story. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then um, you know they they contacted Prince, said they want to give him this doctorate back in the nineties, and he was like, "Cool." That was his only response. One word, cool. <laughs> and then there was some other stuff going on at the time. So they didn't want to take away from the doctorate. Then the name change happened. So oh, well. Prince with the doctorate. And they didn't know who to make the doctorate out to at that point. So that, I mean, it's, it's in the garbage can now, I guess. Then like the person that was in charge of it wasn't in charge of it anymore. And then like 2014, 15 comes along. They want to do it again. So they contact him through different people. Prince, we want to give you a doctorate. This time we're going to make sure it happens. His response again, cool. And that's all they got from him. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, in a word or two, <laughs> like for real, man, that's crazy. Cool. Um, so you can call him Dr. Prince. Wow. You know, my, my, we all know where my doctorate is. So it's hanging right above that symbol over there. Anyway, uh, man, it's just been, it's been two months now and it just, when does it get easier, dude? Like I, I keep forcing myself out. Then I get grabbed. My blonde bodyguard Excuse isn't me? around to kind of check people. Um, you know, someone, um, I'm not going to mention her by name, but they, um, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. Like she like heard rumors that the whole reason that I was sent out a week before he passed was, um, put out that Twitter photo that he was bicycling around Paisley Paisley, um, bicycling around people saw him all day. We were looking for photos everywhere and we couldn't find nothing. Then this guy puts out a photo and then I contact him. Um, Hey, hit me back. I didn't retweet the photo, didn't put anything out, just want to know what it was because I didn't think it was recent, but wanted to know. And then he hit me back. He goes, hey, man, that was taken last summer. Sorry to fool everyone. And that was it. But they thought that he flew me out just to, just to say that he was, he was uh, back around Paisley and then put out a photo from a year and a half ago. I'm like, uh, that seems like work I could have done from L.A., <laughs> to be honest you're pretty good at tweeting photos it's not like you have to go to minneapolis to do that no you know like i just it's just surprising to me i know we talked about it like it's just was kind of cool the reason like he lived in chanhassen is people left him alone dude well aside from the shot out of walgreens um, but that was after everything. So it was kind of highlighted. And then there were certain, uh, so-called media outlets that were putting it out there that they want pictures. So, 
you know, sometimes money overrules privacy, unfortunately. Yep. Um, geez, dude, I just, I don't know. And after toxicology, I fear we'd be able to move on. Not nope. really. Nope. Not really. You know what I've, I've kind of found and I'm, I'm kind of enjoying is that all the fans are really kind of coming together. You know, and all the tributes that have been coming around, you know, whether it be DJ sets or if it's a movie screening or, you know, a party, um, barbecues, bonfires, you know, it's just kind of cool that there's all these outlets that we're getting our energy out. I noticed how you didn't mention live bands. Yes, let's stick to the DJs, please. Yeah, well, yeah, we can talk about Glam Slam. We can Glam be positive. Scam. No, it was. I think the intentions were good. Um, nobody wanted to hear cover band, unfortunately. And uh, But the DJ was great when they played. Um, and it was awesome seeing all those people. There were so many people from 20 years ago that you know reconnected. It was really cool. Wasn't there talks that they want to do it again in a few weeks? I just recommend a DJ set the entire night hmm, with maybe, videos in the background. Maybe, maybe we can have uh, other people put it on. I don't know. We'll see. And, I you just, know... We're going to get DJs coming down. You know, I know that there's a couple Prince parties coming in a few months from, you know, DJ Dave Paul. He did a great job at San Francisco. He's coming around. Yeah. He's doing an eighties party here. Yeah. Hopefully and just, it'll in, be. in September and August, he's doing a Prince and Michael right. Jackson party. So Dave, if you're listening, we Prince. want more Prince, of course, but we're going to, we're going to help promote him. Um, no live band tributes it's really hard i mean look they try to play obscure stuff which was kind of cool but you gotta have the voice to back it up and it's a little different um there's a fine line between a cover band like purple rain in las vegas and someone that's a wedding band and you know it's just it's such a fine line and, and prince fans are so finicky if you cross that line you're gonna get booed off the stage you know what if they would have gotten Purple Rain to play there and charge 50 bucks per ticket, I think people would have been down for it with the live DJ and then that. It would have been amazing. Like, that's all I got to say. Jason, yeah. where you at, man? Um, yeah, it's just craziness. Then we have this with everything going on. Now you have the estate. Uh, Bremer Trust announcing uh, Londell McMillan and Charles Koppelman are going to be kind of in charge of stuff now. Charles Koppelman, who he signed in 1996, a one-album deal for the release of Emancipation through EMI Records, and within a year, less than a year, the album was released in November of 96. June, Face Down was released, and two days after, EMI went belly up, and Prince, who said he was going to release a multitude of singles that were going to last for years off that album, kind of just abandoned the project. Who knows what would have happened, but it did show that he was going to put forth stuff, even though it wasn't timely with the releases of the Holy River video and Somebody, Somebody. There was portions of it that wanted to be done because he put out the Face Down video. And like I said, when that video came out, right then EMI went belly up. So yeah, he signed a deal with Charles Coleman in 1996, which is 20 years ago. And yes, Londell McMillan was Prince's lawyer through a very, very, very important part of uh, Prince's history, you know, where Londell wanted to write 
to have Prince wipe Slave off his face. Hmm. And Londell was there for a long time. Yes, he was down with the crew of the celebrations going to Perkins late night. Again, things change. 2004, 2005, 2006. Different lawyers in the mix. Not as trustworthy as Londell was at that time. However, I just kind of come when it comes to the vault. I think there should be more than two pieces controlling everything. As much as I respect Alan Leeds, I don't think that he should have control over everything. I do think that people that were involved at the time period should be involved. You know, uh, if there's emancipation outtake, sure, let's have Londell be involved and Kaufman be involved, you know. But as Prince was saying to uh, Londell in 2001, because Londell and Prince didn't exactly agree on what Prince should be doing musically and, and everything. And Londell, you, you know, Prince, you, you need to do this. You need to do this, you know, or you need to do that. You need to put that out. And Prince wrote an exact song about it. And he like teased it at the celebration 2001. He's like, Londell, why should I do that when I could do this? And then he made a whole song about that. You know, just like there were some people at that time telling him that he's out of touch. And he's like, my dear, I am the touch. It's just really hard. And the thing is, is that I'm trying not to get involved with everything. And I just don't like what I'm seeing going on. It just really bothers me. And look, we're talking about I was involved in some things for over a decade now till the end till more more than people actually know and that's the way i wanted it um you start getting like you think about band members have been around for a while it was like morris hayes and dr fink um was around through a multitude of different websites different assistants different managers different band members but things stayed the same because you know prince told me early on you don't need to hang out with every, with someone all the time for them to be friends you know, so, but that's where I got it from. That's why when he wanted to hang out in the, the coldness of Minnesota winters, like, I'm good. We didn't stop talking. We had disagreements. We didn't stop talking. Um, but you just got to know what he wanted. And the thing is, is that I'm sure a lot of you guys who follow the stuff know that a lot of ideas that we would discuss on my shows or discuss on my website or would be discussed in private with some people in his organization and camp, those ideas were used. And like when I say went around for over a decade or when I'm being involved for over a decade, there'd be times I come up with a shirt idea and I wear it on my show and I post a pic. Then all of a sudden at the next concert, those shirts would be sold at the venues. People are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, it's his image. What can I do? You know, it's just like what Dave Chappelle said, you know, about him using the, him dressed as Prince for the breakfast can wait cover. He's like, that's a Jedi mind trick right there. How can I get in trouble? I'm impersonating him and he's using me dressed as him to promote his latest single there you go you know just craziness but i just wish i can say oh everything is being run to perfection everything is being made good decisions i'm not so sure about it I sh there should be more people involved than two and one that hasn't really been involved in 20 years. I mean, yes, it was through a very, very, very important part of Prince history with uh, 
you know, him being able to get out from under the wretches of Warner Brothers records at the time. But look, there would be times where Prince said that his latest record, Hit and Run Phase 2, is not going to be uh, sold on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Um, there's just some things. And just like, look, he used peer-to-peer distribution for his last CD. But let me tell you something. With who would want to distribute it and the press that it would get if he was here... If Warner Brothers did him right, he'd go with Warner Brothers. If uh, EMI did him right and was still around, he'd go with EMI. If Universal did him right, the reason he did peer-to-peer is that he couldn't get the deal that he wanted. Right now, he would get any deal that he wanted. So he's not going to go peer-to-peer, and we shouldn't be thinking small when it comes to him. That was a good idea for its um, time. I think it should be revisited again with smaller and more limited releases, but with something like this in the future, I'm not for it in the regards. And look, like I would help tweet out and put out people that were selling peer-to-peer. But the thing is, you have to adapt to what he would want. And that's why, as unfortunate as I do not want to get involved, and I'd rather be behind the scenes like I was, now I feel I have to because what worked in 96 and what worked early in 2016 isn't where he'd be right now, you know, and you just have to adapt and, and do things. You can't just go, Oh, at this time period, Oh, that's not what he wanted. I'm like, that's not what he wanted. Then dude, the guy was ever evolving. Right. You know, yep. he was changing his mind more times than people. I think someone put out there and it is true. And I, I said this before myself, he changes his mind more often than people change their boxers, you know? So, Let's go with it. I just, I think as well as a little bit of a interesting tidbit that they brought up like, oh, a Broadway musical, because that's what he wanted at one time. Again, at one time. And I, but the thing is, is that the fans are hearing unreleased music and they're salivating. They did the word that's going to get people excited and get that, you know, that, that wind blowing the right way. You get that 10 second, uh, boing going on and you really shouldn't um sometimes that girl at the club at two o'clock in the morning that looks good ain't exactly that good when you wake up in the morning you know that's all i'm saying i mean how do you feel about it i i just ever evolving two people being in charge i'm not sure it's gonna be hard it's i mean talk about a burden for for uh for both of those guys have they even made a public statement yet Londell released something and it was through source and the reason it was through Source is, is because he owns Source. Oh, that's funny. And who was on the cover for the first time of Source magazine last month? Prince. And Questlove was like, he kind of laughed at it because, oh, Prince is like a true hip-hop artist. You know, he, like for real though, Prince was an independent artist that was supposed to have a low turnout of fans. He was supposed to be that independent underground artist. I mean, you look right. at it with For You... I want to be your lover had that little one mainstream hit and then dirty mind went back to that whole underground act thing the whole bikini breeze trench coat and what he was singing about controversy and yeah, then, he wasn't singing pop songs that's for sure no and look he hated little red corvette for a time again for a time because he didn't want to be known as the little red corvette singer but what happened was this purple rain exploded now he didn't want to be known as the purple rain singer well, and that's why every album from then on, he re he just re-envisioned himself and he always changed it up. So you never did think of him as the Purple Rain guy or the Little Red Corvette guy or the Raspberry Beret guy. He kept changing it 
completely zigzagging his whole career, hairstyles, fashion, everything, sound. Messages, yeah. Sign of the Times, Parade, Love Sexy, the Batman soundtrack, and the Gemini character. So, so different. You know? And all sometimes he lost his way. He did. He had things affect him. Graffiti Bridge was one of those eras. Bounce right back with Diamonds of Pearls. The symbol album was funky as can be. You know, some people just couldn't get the hang of it because they were expecting Diamonds of Pearls Part Two, like people were expecting Purple Rain Part Two. Right. And then you had the hits come out, which is supposed to be, you know, it's just weird because Days of Wild came in my car from '95, and here he is singing Prince is Dead. And back then, now it has a totally different meaning. Yeah. Um, you know, the Gold Experience was one of my favorite eras, but you couldn't find that. That music out there, you know, that was career changing too. That was was unbelievable. All released, not timely, not when he wanted it. And then Emancipation, maybe Triple This Set was a pretty um, big challenge. You know, it was his thing, but EMI let him do it, you know. And then he kind of lost his way again with working stuff through from a new religion to losing his son. Um, but he found his way and then he tried to kind of like, you know, he, he never saw him competed with people that were his contemporaries. So when Santana released supernatural, he's like, I can do that. Not only that, one of the beats he used was from Larry Graham's song and he didn't give him credit. And that kind of stuck with him about stuff. So he was upset about that. So he gave himself a challenge to make an album like supernatural with Raven too. And try to make Gwen Stefani sound like Wendy and Lisa. And he did because you couldn't tell who it was. <laughs> you couldn't hear it. Yeah. Wait, is Cheryl Crow on that album too? You can't hear her, yeah. but she's there somewhere. Baby knows. She got the perfume that made you smell like the weekend. But he found his way again. And like I said, that one night alone tour, as much as like the Rainbow Children, what's interesting was is the Rainbow Children, that summer of 2001, we played it at Paisley Park. The fans were tripping on it, tripping about the religious overtones and all this stuff, tripping on it. I did a review of it for Uptown Magazine. Because of that, he put the sticker on the album and that said the controversial new album oh, from funny. Prince. And then what happened? 9-11. And then we heard Rainbow Children for the second and third times because at that time, you only hear it on the celebration that time we were inside the rooms be at all these things going on all these people saying stuff and it messes with your judgment then the download comes out of rainbow children we have a listening party here in la bomb party the album gets released opinions change because after 9 11 everything changed right now what does prince do he takes this one night alone tour ballsy and majority of it is the Rainbow Children album mixed in with some stuff from back in the day. But he's got these great musicians around him. Great vision. And you just knew, like, this guy has been through the ringer so many times and he's still standing. And how can you keep someone down with that much talent? And musicology changed everything again. Yep. You know, he knew it, though. And he bounced back did a few things and never let that happen again. He may not have had the success that he wanted f- later in his career, 
But there were certain things that he wasn't willing to do to trade mm-hmm. in that success. I mean, look, after Lopez tonight, when he did the 21 nights in L.A., he could have easily went on Ellen and did that stuff, you know. But he was trying to speak to the urban people that $25 for a show that speaks to him. He wasn't trying. He could have done that with Ellen. Then he wouldn't have had to worry about every show not selling out or whatever. He didn't care. He wanted to be short notice, and us around here in L.A. loved it. The people that wanted to travel from other places, not so much. That's how he was. And that's what it's showing. It's showing as an ever-evolving thing, whether it's from Musicology's distribution, because the original idea for Musicology's distribution was to um, have every label distribute it, and the person that distributes it better, they they win in the end, and then they'll get like another album deal or whatever. He was like... Interesting. Trying, yeah, yeah, he wanted everyone cool. to get a piece of the pie. Right. Uh, come on, that ain't going to happen. But that was the original idea. Yeah. Then Sony slash Columbia stepped up to the plate. What's what's interesting as about Columbia and Sony is each time he did an album with them, he won Grammys for Musicology and for Planet Earth. 3121 got him Grammy nominations at the Universal, but not The Wind, interesting enough. And 3121 was a great cohesive album to follow, especially Musicology in the year off that he had and the Musicology tour. But again, constantly changing constantly doing d- different distribution deals whether it was getting out songs through my site or input the deal he did with target for lotus flower i mean you're seeing all this stuff that whoever came with the best deal and and also ideas that weren't used before i mean come on he released two albums through newspapers he could have had a distribution deal in the L- in in the u.s he kind of did with Planet Earth with Sony Columbia, and that kind of pissed him off. But with 2010 released through the papers, you know. So why do you think um, he decided? I mean, he really that must have been so much work just changing all of the distribution. I I mean, not just the the way you distribute or who you did. I mean, sorry, he didn't just change the way or who he distributes with. He changed the way, like completely thinking outside the box every single album. That's so tiring. How did he or why did he have so much energy for that when he didn't really have to well let's put it this way some of those bridges did get burned yeah right he had you to know creative. so he had to look for different <laughs> ways and then they were wanting to do business with them the people would change the faces yeah. would change and that's it but and they wouldn't be willing to give him the deal that he thought he could have probably so he's like well forget it i'm gonna go here i'm gonna go here I'm gonna absolutely do this. Mm-hmm. you know and he was just looking out because there was just some things that he felt he could make a bigger payday um, not dealing with labels, you know? So here, you know, it was a few million dollars for the, for 2010 to be released in the daily mail over there, you know, sold quick. a lot of newspapers. Not only that, he had tours to promote over there. So it helped with promotion. Win, the win. Tour. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was different ways of doing it. I mean, look, he tried to do this in the States in 1994 with guitar world, giving them undertaker you know, it was going to be free with the magazine. Warner Brothers heard about that. Oh, no, you're not. No. Nope, they needed their shot at it, the, their cut of the... Yeah. But that was a good thing. See, that's why Prince never got himself into a two or three album record deal with any label. It was always one-off deals, you know? And with Universal, 3121 was, was great. But in the middle of it, he decided that he needed more money. If you weren't going to give him more money... He was going to stop promoting 3121. 
And the thing is, is this is how Prince thinks is that he did Saturday Night Live. He did the Brit Awards. He did one other thing that I'm forgetting about right now for 3121. And then when the album came out, the week the album came out, thought he was going to do Ellen talking about how you can get purple ticket on the inside. Oh, he did, did American Idol, right? Wasn't he did that? Idol later on. Yeah. yeah okay. But before the album came out, the week of, he did nothing. And he was, Universal was like, you're going to do anything? He's like, it's your job to promote it. Yeah. You have to promote it. Not me. But see, that was the old school way of thinking, like with Dirty Mind, 1999. I mean, he did Solid Gold after Little Rock Corvette was already getting spins. He never did the Tonight Show with Carson or any of that stuff. He didn't do that till Leno came around. Um, but that was it. He wouldn't do promotion. The American Idol thing was just last minute. It was kind of like to spurn someone who wasn't around that was supposed to be in the city at that time and went elsewhere. Oh. And that's why he ended up doing American Idol because they were already asking him to do it and they got this segment in and literally like he came from outside to inside and it was a crazy hot day in LA. That's why we see his makeup looks a little different because he went from outside to inside, like literally not backstage for more than five minutes. Right. I mean, when you see Ryan Seacrest going, that's it, that's all our surprises. There's a little bit of Ryan that was believing, like, holy crap, he didn't make it on time because they didn't know where he was. Literally, they walked from outdoors to the stage. When you see the twins walking by Ryan Seacrest that you can see in the HD version, not the regular version that aired on your TV if you didn't have HD at the time, the twins walked right by Ryan. That was not planned. <laughs> and Ryan was like, oh, I guess it's happening. And then the music hit because the band was in the lower area where they were. It was Morris and all them. Then you hear the opening chords of Lolita hit. Bam. We knew what was up. No one else did. Like, again, then he decides to do the BET Awards. And, of course, he does it. They give him Best Male that year. And he does the Shaka tribute sitting in with, with – and he designs it himself, puts it all together, orchestrates it. You know, India Ari, all of them are involved in it. And then he does at the end of the show, 3121 with Will I Am. Yeah. You know, and Tamar as well. So that was an interesting version of it. But then it was just kind of after that, he kind of just told, told Universal and want more money. And there was videos already shot. The problem that happened was um, <sighs> Fury. Prince loved his performance so much of him performing Fury on Saturday Night Live that he wanted that to be used as the video. He figured Universal owns NBC. It shouldn't be a problem. Saturday Night Live owns the rights to the show, however. So Lauren Michaels or whatever powers that be would not give permission for Fury, that performance, to be used as a video. That's kind of like when things went sour. Yeah, ouch. That would have been nice, actually. There was videos shot for The Word on that 3121 movie was the video for The Morning After, which was released on Lotus Flower, the um, download version. Or was that? There was on Lotus Flower, Crimson and Clover was on the release versions. Instead of Crimson and Clover on the other ones, it was The Morning After that was released. The word was a great video. The dance was shot with him in a piano. There was video shot. You know, when it said 3121, the music on the CD, there was a reason why. And there was even talks. Prince was trying to think of a way to have 
3121 the movie in movie theaters before it came out it would have been you bought an, you bought the 3121 album instead of the purple ticket there would have been a movie ticket for the weekend that 3121 came out the whole thing was was try to get 3121 the movie to be number 1 at the box office the week that 3121 the music came out they couldn't really get that to happen the project wasn't that good to stand on its own as universal movie picture let's be honest here it's great to have as a collector to play in your thing watch the great videos for the word and uh the mpg new power trio is in that and that was funky there was so many great things in it but one day it'll get released that'd be nice now will Koppelman be involved i don't know the thing is is that movie was redone a few times there's certain ways that he would want to have it distributed or put out maybe you can have it where it was like one night alone at the aladdin like it was played at certain movie theaters one night only have it done that way but his main thing was is originally was to have it in theaters although it wasn't you couldn't have universal pictures behind it but you now you have these certain theaters that do these special nights they have concerts they can do something like that that's what i'm talking about Wandell and whatever like i'm not against anyone the main thing is i want what his ideas were and the thing was is that you know for years i came up with stuff with prince and it was awesome because we were i don't know i can't explain it i'm not trying to be arrogant or whatever but we we're just kind of on the same wavelength when it came to stuff that's why it's like some of the conversations that we'd have some jokes that i would make that would freaking bust up like through social media you know before he was on twitter quote unquote you know seeing stuff that i posted that's all i just want to be distributed the right way how he would want it and just for certain things to be done i would like a video collection to be involved like the broadway thing it's cool sounds kind of corny how they want it i'd like to know a little bit more but i just think you're doing what you could to throw out a nine and reel some fans in about unreleased music coming out because you knew right now a purple rain remaster couldn't be done look the family wants something out now because they need money they're right. having to wait till november or possibly january and they're not getting the income that prince provided Taika isn't getting the money that she was paid to do certain things. It's not there. So they're all they would want a distribution peer-to-peer thing, peer-to-peer thing. Have um Bobby Z's bro print up some CDs and stuff like that. Have Kirk do his thing that he did before. Let's think big picture here. I know that you guys are hurting. I don't know if Lopez, George Lopez is still saying the family money. Um, but there's just a certain way to do things and i've seen people behind the scenes just say they wish i was involved and i really didn't want to be and now it's just getting to a point where i feel i have to and i know i've seen some fans that kind of want it the thing is it would be have to be what he wanted and sometimes that upset the fans but you got to understand is that i'm trying to do what he would want there's certain things that we discussed when it came to video collection there was a concert film uh, where I'm in the audio of it that was made in 2013. There's just a lot of projects I'm aware of. Um, a documentary from 2001 that was made with someone. There's just certain things that I know, but the main thing is, is if you want to make quick money, 
it's a way to do a, a video collection and not just to release stuff, but you got to know the time periods and everything. And that's why I got to have certain people involved. Yeah, there's a little process of re-editing the video to make it for HD, but it can be done, you know. And Prince was famous for these, you trying to do 10 videos in one day shoots. So look, you, you get the 1999, the, you get the automatic video, you get the unreleased, let's pretend we're married, cleaned up a little bit. And there's, there's some other things we don't know about from the second coming movie to other things. You know, I know that he really, a few years ago when I was talked about, he really wasn't too for it because of how high people were saying he looked and everything. So we don't need to release that first. We don't need to go back and start from the beginning, but a video collection would be a good start. That would be great. I would love that. Some unreleased stuff, some of the, you know, maybe extended versions, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure they've gotten so many. And here's the thing. Know. We don't have to start from the beginning. Marvel right, has this right. thing, Marvel Comics. I'm going to get crap for it. I don't care because for some reason, and the little kid in me, I read that stuff. It puts me to bed at night when I have trouble sleeping, but they have this thing called Marvel Epic Collections. And they don't start from Spider-Man of say in the 60s. They release stuff in the 80s and the 90s. They're in Marvel Epic Collection number 17. Not number one, not number two. You can do a certain eras. It doesn't have to be a Purple Rain remaster. You can do a video collection of something that would be popular or other things. Or just have it there. And the thing is, is that we can go back and add more. You got to be smart with stuff. Don't give them everything at first. Have it be like, this, this is the Epic Collection. You're going to want to get the ultimate collection, not ultimate prints, the ultimate collection. There's going to be other ways to market it. Yeah, you're having some people buy the same stuff a couple of times, but look, that's what happened with a little bit of track, a few tracks on hit and run phase one and phase two. Except where's ain't going to miss you when you're gone. There ain't a few, there isn't a few on there that were released. You know, yeah, screwdriver was fix your life up was on platform electrum. Again, there's some tracks what if that was originally recorded for Plectrum Electrum, which was amazing, which would have been, which was left off, but it may have been on a phase three. See, and that's yeah. another thing of Prince changing his mind is one moment he said there was going to be a phase three. Then later the same night, he's like, oh, no, there isn't. Yeah. He's constantly, constantly changing his mind, you know. And that's just how it has to be. I mean, you can have a, a new album tomorrow of just the unreleased tracks from the last three years. Like you just said, there, I mean, yeah, I loved What If. That was one of my favorite Third Eye Girl tracks, and it's a shame it didn't get released. Right. But at least we got it. At least, you know, you can download it and you can make your own phase three. <sighs> yeah. It's just we have to do it right. I understand the family wants money. The way the things that I know what he wanted and had it planned. There's other, there's other people that knew what he wanted aside from me not trying to make this about it the main thing is is that if those people want to be involved and deal with all the crap that's going on yeah. i kind of want to be on the sidelines like how i was inputting stuff and whatever it's fairly obvious i can't do that anymore and that okay, kind of okay. i'm gonna ask you a question this is from the pan the fans perspective let's just play devil's advocate play you know this is just play makeup make believe but make -believe. you got the keys to paisley park you were put in charge what's the first thing you do and what, what's the first thing that you get released? Two things. We can do a multitude of things, actually. The thing is, is that I would go back. Of course, you have to get the estate involved with Bremer Trust. But the way to make big money quickly. 
and you do a one album deal. And this is not something that Warner Brothers would want because they want to get a little multi thing. They want to get your hooks. Purple Rain Remaster. There you go. And then what you do is you you either you you do some other stuff, extra interviews or whatever. You put in that that eight three eighty three show as much as you can with the quality that was made. That those tracks were done as a bonus DVD of it. You know, so you can have different versions of it, but it's still a one album deal. Look, the Prince fans are gonna buy that set alone. That's just Purple Rain, the remaster. They're gonna buy that special edition that has that DVD on it. You know, and you can have the stuff with Albert Magnolia or a few other things. Now, another thing that Prince would want is something new to be done Absolutely. with Absolutely. And whether it's with Warner Brothers or whoever is going to give him the best deal, because you do have other media outlets, but the DVD from 2013 of his Paris shows, which was professionally shot, which they had an audio, they did interviews from, that would get its own separate distribution deal. Then another thing that I'd be discussing down the line is that video collection. But the main thing is, is that you don't try to get only one project out. You try to get a multitude and sign different deals. And then the problem with the Warner Brothers remaster deal, the main reason why it fell apart as quickly as it did, it was a handshake deal. There was no money in advance given. Now this helps out everyone involved. You get Warner Brothers involved for the Purple Rain remaster. It is the one album deal, but with the family or whoever's in charge with the option to have it be more than a one album deal the option because i was remember what he wanted with purple rain remaster was artificial age and plectrum electrum they get purple rain remaster and they only wanted artificial age he was like no you either get both or you don't have a deal they didn't like the way that distribution was handled because remember prince the weekend album comes out ain't doing nothing he decided to do one tv appearance sign out live they had to do all the legwork right now that's not going to be as hard because he can't do any of the legwork anymore anyway it's a bad way to look at it but that's how it is and then the thing is is that warners has to give the family half a million dollars in advance or a million dollars in advance this way it's sent through bremer trust but it's meant for the family it's distributed to taika and whoever else is involved but Taika needs the money that she should be getting and would be getting if he was still here. Right, living expenses and somewhat. Exactly. Houses, the other things that were being taken care of. You know, it's kind of like a divorce hearing where you get the things that you're yeah. accustomed it's to. It's alimony, yeah. Exactly. So, but that's what I'm saying is have a few deals, but this whole thing of where you're trying to tease that you're gonna get unreleased music. Look, here I am, I'm gonna give you the Purple Rain Remaster along with the electric intercourse and a few other things but it has to be the best sounding ones and if there is something that he re-recorded because we know that he was ever changing tracks i would like on that special edition not the one that's going to be the one disc thing that special edition that you get electric intercourse the original version then you have maybe an updated version if he had that right like didn't mike jackson do that that you know demo version and then you have the the right. new version i loved that I but the thing is, is, sometimes he didn't want the demos out, but or he wanted it out in time because he wanted to be able to do stuff. And again, as he said, that's on us for hearing when we weren't supposed to hear it. That's the whole thing is I have to do what he would want as well. But being in the mix of it and understanding where he's coming from would be it. And look, there's part of me that just believes with him not here anymore that certain things that he cared about when he was here are different now that he's not. 
you know, and that's difficult. That's a hard line to stretch and it's stressful, but I'm willing to do that stuff. But that 2013 show with third eye girl that needs to be out there. Nice. Okay. Well, Ellendell, um, if you can please, uh, page Dr. Funkenberry to the emergency room, he will take care of it and fix everything. Okay. <laughs> I just, that's all. It's just like, look with the Versace stuff that we played earlier. Oh yeah. And we know. didn't really talk about the music part right. of it. That was really cool. So we played, we, we kind of broke it up. We played the first half. Um, what were your views on the first half of that? The music is, I mean, cool. it blew I mean, my you mind. Mixed, you mix Versace one and Versace two. What's interesting was Versace two. He gave Wh- them. What do you all. mean Versace one and Versace two? Explain that. Versace one was given in 95 with P control and a few other songs. Versace two had the kiss that you're in black sweat. The interesting thing was, is that the Versace two was a 15 minute version that was condensed to 11 minutes, but it had all live versions it starts off with somewhere over the rainbow into around the world in a day and then you get a little bit of a black sweat you get satisfied in there which was a little bit slow for a runaway show so i understand why they took that out in 2007 and why they took it out out again this week in 2016 the love part was not in there the whole skating bounce that was in the the version that we're placed in in 2007 but the original one 15 minutes or so just under it he mentions versace a few times but it's all live and it has this amazing two-minute version of shh i like the way you look tonight i like the way that you smell tonight i wonder can i can i can i Ooh. and only the way that prince can do it chris keep your clothes on I know it's funky. Not a problem. Thanks. But I do want a copy of that because I, I saw that on your uh, your feed and I, I got a little For little content. jealous. I get a little jealous that I wasn't riding, riding shotgun. Hush. Um, yeah, but see, and then it was changed again with the Versace 2 had love in it, a few other things that were, it had kissed twice in it in 2007. This one doesn't have as much. Then you do have a little bit where it goes back and says Versace experiences which was said in number one. In the 2007 version, they did take out, you hear a little bit of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and then the Around the World in a Day, the first verse and second verse is taken out. So you miss where it says the purple one will escort you. Instead, the little one will score you. And it just goes into, woo, Versace, and all this stuff, and goes into other things. But this 14-minute version or whatnot is just amazing. And but what know. they put out is really awesome. I was yeah. blown away. And we're still we're going to play the last half of it um, near the end of the well, podcast. We're getting to it right now. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited. But it's just, it's ridiculous. And I, I make the mistake that, you know, I had stuff that, you know, for a while or whatnot. And I forget that, Oh, this isn't really out there, you know? And for, it has everyone else blown away. And you're just like, Oh yeah. Uh, duh. I mean, we were kind of like playing it in or parts of it on the way up or whatnot. Not all of it. Um, yeah, it's just really, really, really cool. And I can't think of any other way to end the show. Then by cool. playing more Versace and taking off our headphones and grooving and hopefully you guys do the same. Cause I remember Anil Dash, who's a friend of the podcast and whatnot. Um, he says that no one ever makes it to the end of the podcast. Hopefully with this, y'all are going to make it to the end. Thank you so much for your support. Much love. Keep it funky till next time. Versace. Let's get it going on. All right, here we go. Got your hands, Come on. It's all right. 
Jerk. Okay. 